What's going on, everybody? This is your host, BJ Parker, and this is the Making the Turn Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the podcast. This is Making the Turn, and I am your host, BJ Parker. And this is the, uh, this, I'm hoping it's going to be the number one green industry podcast. And uh, I appreciate you listening. Um, yeah, we're, uh, if you haven't gone out on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or uh, Spotify and hit that uh, subscribe button, I hope you would. And listen to us. We're we're growing, and it's it's been a lot of fun. We're building a lot of good content. And today I'm out at uh, Old Stone, the the golf club at Old Stone. Is that right? The club at Old Stone. Club at Old Stone. And I have the assistant superintendent Austin Hines with me. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for doing this. Uh, I know we've tried to do this for uh, a little bit now, and schedules always are fun. Oh, but yeah. uh, I'm glad you're sitting down and talking to me, and uh, we'll have a good good time. Yeah. I'm interested to get the perspective of the assistant superintendent, and and I'm glad this is going to be some good content. I know it's going to be uh, for a lot of guys out there that I hope are listening. You're going to be able to give them something to uh, to latch hold to. I hope so too. I'm looking forward to it. Well, um, let's dive into it. Um, I usually uh, like to get to know. You guys, we haven't spent a lot of time together, but I appreciate you driving me around the property and talking to me a little bit. But um, tell me about you, how, how you got sort of into the profession, sort of your track that sort of brought you to the club at Old Stone. Uh, so graduating high school, uh, my parents gave me a choice to find a job on your own or basically sit at home and do nothing. So um, got a job at Hillwood on the maintenance crew worked there on and off when I went to Nashville State Community College and I started out as a business major I had no idea about anything golf yeah um I just knew I was outside you can mow grass um that's what I did in the summertime but uh business wasn't what I thought it was and decided to go golf course route so I transferred after two years at Nashville State to UT Martin and uh I knew one or two guys that were already there and just went on from there. I graduated. Um, what did you study at UT Martin? Cause, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I went to UT Martin and I, my degree was in agriculture, but the grounds management sort of, it was, uh, what it was called. It was ag, but it was golf course and landscape management. Okay. So they've changed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, while I was there, I got, I did an internship, um, I didn't apply for the internship, which was kind of funny, but uh, one of the guys that was in the turf program at UT Martin applied at TPC Sawgrass for internship, and I'm not sure how the rest of the story went, but I got a call from the superintendent at the time asking if I was interested, and I was like, yeah, no yeah. brainer. Um, so I went down there for internship and um, worked there for three months and then went back to school to finish up and uh, – while I was there, they offered me a position as a second assistant on Dyes Valley course before I graduated. And then after I graduated, got married the next day, me and my wife drove down to Florida and worked there for three years. And then we moved back to Tennessee where we're both from. So did you get to work under the, at the, 
the tournament at all? Did you have any experience with that? Yes, I worked uh, numerous Sawgrass events and uh, Winn Dixie. Yeah, I guess it was called the. Uh, oh, what was it called? It's not with the the step below PGA Tour. It's oh, the by, uh, what what is that? It was called web.com Tour. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah. Is. It was called something else before that, but yeah, yeah. web.com events, and then uh, we did numerous nationwide, of those. I think, or something. Yep, like that's that. it. Yeah, yep. nationwide, yep. and then uh, hosted three of those on Dodge Valley, and then because uh, we both kind of worked, we shared crews at some point. Yeah, on those, but uh, after that, um, we decided to make a change and move back to Tennessee. So I started. Working at Richland Country Club, um, worked there for almost three years, and then I'm here at Old Stone in Bowling Green, Kentucky. What? Um, so, did you move back to Nashville to Richland as an assistant, or did you just take a job on the crew? How did that work? Uh, no, it was an assistant position. Uh, I reached out, and I was looking for anything at the moment because, yeah. uh, I mean, we're moving back. My wife's from here. Um, I'm, I'm used to moving my whole life. My dad was a, a minister growing up, so uh, she wanted to move back closer to family. So I was reaching out to anybody that gave me the opportunity. Yeah. And uh, reached out, and Scott, the superintendent, current super, superintendent there now, uh, gave me the opportunity to be an assistant working on bent grass, cool season grass. That a, that's the only real job I've actually had working on. Yeah. Uh, cool season grass prior to where I'm at now, so. And how long have you been at Old Stone? Uh, this will be my fourth, fourth, se- fourth season starting right now, yeah, currently. And so what are your current – I mean, you're the assistant superintendent. Are You're the next you're, – you're like – when the guy – when Wyatt's not here, you're like, I'm the man. So yeah, what, what does your day sort of look like uh, as far as your responsibilities? I'm, an, I'm the assistant. Uh, there's two assistants. Um, but it's not your ordinary assistant position i'm a working uh, assistant yeah i don't i manage the crew and do jobs as sure as they're listed on the board i mean my name's on the board like everybody else yeah uh some people don't like that think they're better than their name on the board it doesn't bother me yeah um you gotta do what you gotta do to get the job done um but yeah when he's when he's out of town or doing other things um answer the next next call yeah so it doesn't bother me i'm i'm game for whatever so what part of the um, – well, let's back up. So what are some of the things you learned along the way with be, between Sawgrass and Hillwood and Richland that sort of you've been able to build upon that sort of now you're implying in, in whatever responsibilities you have? Uh, what are some of the things that you've sort of learned along that process? Um, the big thing is, is managing people. That's the hardest thing, I think, in this industry. Um, going from never managing a soul – uh, coming out of college, starting as a second assistant, um, it was hard for me to get the respect of the older uh, age crew members because um, who's going to listen to a 23-year-old coming out of college telling yeah. them what to do? Most people don't. Uh, it was hard for me to do that. Uh, once I got that grasp, it's helped me uh, kind of get the respect of the crew at each, sure. each place I've gone because um, if you don't have the respect of your crew, you're pretty much not – not getting anywhere don't you find that's this that's similar i mean that's similar in a lot of businesses but you know did you learn that necessarily from your boss like the superintendent or others other assistants or did you just sort of develop that on your own uh i've definitely learned that by just 
watching and yeah. taking it in. Yeah. Um, definitely didn't just get that on my own. A lot of help and just watching people that I've looked up to working with. Yeah. Um, it just it didn't come natural to me to to tell people what to do. Um, right. It's a learned habit for sure. So do you have someone that, that you do look up to as far as helped you along the way to this point, or is it just a combination of different guys? Um, it'd be a combination, but the one person that stood out the most, the guy that gave me my first job was uh, Mark Littlejohn at Hillwood. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been around the industry for a long time, and he's I think he's one of the well-respected superintendents in the area. Yep. Um, he gave me my first opportunity and um, taught me a lot, actually. Uh, he, he let me spray weeds in the summer as a, as a crew guy. I yeah. thought that was pretty awesome. He trusted me with that. I mean, it was nothing special. I was spraying, uh, yellow and purple nuts edge, but I thought that was, somebody's cool. got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he let, he let us, uh, me and my brother both worked there. He doesn't work in the, the golf horse industry, but, uh, we both worked there and he, Mark let us, I mean, work as much as we wanted to, uh, pretty much let me understand the game of golf. I never played golf. Yeah. Don't know anything about it before working at Hillwood. So, and I really don't play golf much either now. So, so do you find that's difficult to manage a golf course and not play much, or is it just something you don't find the time that you get to do? Uh, I just I like doing it if someone if say my dad wants to play yep. somewhere new or a buddy wants to come up and play, I'll find the time. I just by the time I finish what I'm doing on a daily basis, I mean I've got a wife and two kids at home, so yeah, that keeps it's you hard. Busy. Yeah, that's busy enough. Yeah, I got twin boys, so oh, uh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that keeps me busy enough, busier than I want to be, but yeah, that's part of life. Well, gotta yeah. make time for family. Yeah, I mean, I know how I know how that can be, and uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I I've raised, I've got two, uh, they're all grown. I, my youngest is 19, but man, I. I certainly I went I went through it as an assistant and a young superintendent yeah. with little kids and there's not a lot of time for anything else. No, so I sympathize with you there. So so back to what you kind of do here. Do you manage the? Are you are you sort of responsible for the day to day activities? Do you converse with Wyatt on some of that, or are you kind of secondary? How does that? Um, not so much in the in that I don't choose assignments. Uh, and we kind of, he kind of does his thing. I kind of do mine. Sure. Type deal. Um, he's got everything. He does the job boards in the morning. He makes a spray list. But I've been here long enough to, to have an idea what what he wants. Um, we get here a half hour early. Myself and the other assistant and two other guys help set up equipment. So we kind of get an idea of what's going on for the day yeah. there. But uh, for the most part, I kind of let Wyatt take care of that, and I just kind of basically secondary for that but if he's out of town obviously i'm yeah i make the call for you to do something out of the ordinary so i i um you know every place is different and i can only speak from my experience and some of the people that i've talked to but i think it's important that everybody especially someone in your position is going to experience things differently and how that they uh react to them no one way is different and i think the important thing is is that you are a contributing member to the to the staff you have management experience and and responsibility but you're part of trying to make sure it runs smooth and 
And some guys, and you mentioned it earlier, some assistants are managing assistants. They're just they take mm-hmm. care of everything. They're the eyes and ears of the superintendent. The superintendent may be off, you know, dealing with budgets or a committee or some. You know, they there's a lot of moving parts depending on what goes on in the club. Yeah, and so, you know, for you, it seems like you're kind of a you know a, you know a managing assistant but you have to make sure that everything kind of goes smooth and you go do your thing and and make sure that you know you know you make sure you're checking on what's happening if it doesn't get done you got to make sure it gets right or whatever so you know for everybody that's listening you know if you're in that boat then realize that that not every not everybody gets to just sit back and ride around a cart and point fingers i mean that's just not what it happens and doesn't sound like that's what you get to do a whole lot of some but not much you know yeah i mean there's days where uh I won't have a job assignment or whatever, but it's it's one of those things that's understood that you you go find something that needs to be done. Yeah. Whether why it tells you or whomever tells you. Um, I mean, for instance, if I'm raking bunkers or helping do whatever on the course, and there's four guys that are supposed to be helping me, it's my responsibility to make sure they're doing it right. Yeah. Along with myself doing it right, and make sure we all get it done in a timely fashion and it looks good. I mean. Yeah, I mean. You can't. It's not. If I'm with them, it's not for me to watch them and point fingers and tell them they're doing it wrong. You have to educate yeah. crew members to improve it. I mean, it's they don't know for yeah. the most part. Hey, I, 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 I joke with him all the time. I don't get to talk to him as much, but you know David Robertson over at yes. Hillwood. Yeah, you go visit him. He might be on a fairway mower or raking bunkers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy. He, I mean, it's like, man, you manage a pretty big club here. Why don't you just ride around? And he's like, no, I want to do this. So everybody's different. I mean, yeah. you know, and it, it, I think it's fun. And I think it's, you, you hit on something. It's, it's, it's educating because yeah. we, we, a lot of times just get in the caught up in the go get it done, go get it done. And then, then you're, then you're backtracking because somebody doesn't even know what they're doing. You just throw them out there. Oh, yeah. And so to make sure that someone's doing it right, that's, uh, put, putting forth the vision that you all want that managing the member expectations so that the course is presented in a way you know as a total team effort and and you know it, I think not just throwing someone out there on a mower or you know giving them a bottle and go fix divots or you know rake a bunker it's all important stuff and you know it, it does take some management of that but also jumping in and helping is a is something that I know the crew appreciates I mean oh, that's yeah. how you that's how you gain a lot of respect is just jumping in there with them. I mean, for instance, uh, the other day we we were supposed to be raking bunkers. Uh, there was a misunderstanding between myself and and White in the morning. He was not going to be there in the morning. We were supposed to be push mowing trampas, the bunkers, yeah. instead of raking them. Well, we had a misunderstanding. He said he wanted to push mow them, so we had to get everyone to push mow. And I said, it was my fault. I misunderstood. I'm going to help push mo, so I push mo all bunkers out here. I mean, yeah. they didn't want to, but I said, let's do it. Got got to get it done. Yeah, I, I mean, mean. I don't care what it is as long as we all have a a goal to finish what we're doing and do it right. So yeah. I'm not scared to work. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, this is hey, this this is not a glamorous job. I mean, it, no. it, it, it it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of tough days. It's. It's uh and you know some th- some tasks are more difficult than others. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been around the property. I know what this golf course is like. It's not just a flat farmland. It's a lot of no, ups and downs, oh, yeah. and you know, and a lot of hoofing and just walking back and forth to the green can be a lot of fun. So, 
I mean, you you start adjusting people's what they're doing and telling them, hey, we're going to do this. We're, I don't y'all don't fly mow or anything, but I bet there's some stuff out here that there's guys a few don't fly like. Mowers, yeah. There's oh, a, yeah, there's a there's probably something that some guys like. Oh man, don't put me on that. Push mowing's the yeah. least favorite job, but yeah. I mean, we push mow a lot of a lot of areas, all of our bunker faces and uh, uh, all the areas that yeah. obviously the big mowers can't get, but ultimately we all get it done. So yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I think I think um, it's going to be good uh, for people to hear kind of how y'all are set up and how you, you're handling it. And and um, you know, I don't I don't anticipate there's a lot of guys that are not that are different from you. That, no, you know, and and I'm sure you have some guys in the industry that are assistants that you talk to. Is that similar to what you hear, or or do you have guys that are kind of all over the place? Uh, it depends. It depends on where they're at and and what their their boss's philosophy is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I worked at a several places where it was not frowned upon but you should get the guys to do that work you shouldn't be out there mowing fairways or finishing rough for yeah. three holes the guy shouldn't have left it's your responsibility to make sure they stay so yeah. um i've worked at different ends of the spectrum one or the other it, yep. it doesn't matter to me but uh this is a uni- unique place at old stone because we get to do just about anything so yeah Anywhere from running a skid steer to push mowing to watering, it's it's fair game. So so let's talk a little bit. Uh, I got to see some of the construction going on, but talk about a little bit about Old Stone, some of the things, unique things you've gotten to experience while you're here, um, and also the new project y'all got going on. Tell us a little bit about that. All right, I'll start with the uh, the new part three we've we've started. Um, it was Mr. Scott's, I guess, vision. He's the owner of Old Stone. Yeah. At one point, that the farm that sat next to number eleven on the property, that he was going to purchase it at some point, whenever the family or wanted to sell or they passed away. Well, um, he bought it, and I guess the wheels were spinning. And he wanted to add something else to the property, so he added a par three, yeah, par three course. Um, course Crafters is doing all the work. And um, how long did it take after the property was? bought did he decide to do something with it i think they were moving dirt maybe they were moving earth three weeks maybe after it was purchased wow that yeah so it was spinning pretty fast yeah so uh they've got all the greens shaped um all the t's just some quirks here and there they're fixing and uh started adding greens mix i think we're adding more sod next week and maybe starting to start seeding next week as well so, is it going to be set up similar to the golf course in terms of what do you got? What uh, is it? I know it's Zoysia Roughs or Zoysia Fairways, yep. bent grass tees. Is it all going to be sort of exactly the same look? Uh, it's going to be a little different. Uh, the thought process, I guess, behind the whole part three was make it fun and for all ages. Yeah. And uh, so, there, I believe there's no teeing surface longer than one. 40 maybe 150 yeah um the teeing surface is going to be mowed all at one height so it's all going to be zoysia there's no gonna there's not going to be t markers etc like your normal shape tees um it's just gonna be one surface so you tee it up where you want to and uh oh good so it is gonna be zoysia on those and then there's gonna be a lot of native areas and then we're going triple seven is the variety we chose for the big grass yep yeah which is not what we have on the golf course well, talk a little bit about that and the thought process behind that, and then um, you know, sort of 
given give everybody sort of how the golf course is set up. I mean, I, I broad brushed it with the tees and 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 you can. I, were you here for the fairway conversion? Or I no? was not. No. Well, you, and you can talk. You you but you can talk about that. But give just a little bit about the course and what some of the grasses you manage and sort of some of those challenges. Um, currently on the golf course we have Zeon Zoysia fairways um, and approaches. We have A1 bent grass greens, pin cross collars, and all of our rough is uh, a blend of Kentucky, Kentucky bluegrass and fescue. And uh, we have bent grass tees as well. So what are you mowing the fairways at? Uh, I think the first mow was three weeks ago, and I think we dropped them to 400, I believe, Yeah. to clean them up. And uh, the variety on tees is L93, so it's different than the yeah. Three yeah, walk mow those tees, or yes, we yeah. do. So you've got a you've got a, a a setup here that not a lot of people. I mean, we're a little north of Nashville. I yeah. mean, um, so what what do you still get a, uh, summer stress problems? Do you have to deal with that on a daily? You know, is, is that cause you some issues with the roughs, or or what sort of programs are you on to sort of con- kind of sustain that? Because it still probably could get pretty hot here, I'd imagine. Yeah, it does. Uh, we have sand cap fairways, so yeah. uh, we don't see as much. I guess stress on the fairways itself, but we do have knobs, edges that are next to our step cut, as we call it. Yep. Um, they do burn up. Um, we have normal areas in the rough that get hot, but um, this is kind of unique. It's different for me because most places you don't get to just dial up whatever head you want to. Yeah. Uh, we can let as many heads fly as long as the pump station doesn't doesn't go down um so what what irriga- m- what irrigation system do you oh we have, have rainbird irrigation. rainbird yeah which is the first this is the first course i've worked at rainbird and yeah. i've learned a lot about rainbird is it the is it a is it a the old maxi or is it the ic or what is is it a new no it's uh it's the ic system but the new the par three is going to be the two wire the new two wire yeah system. the new two yeah. wire um i've learned a lot about the electrical side of, yeah. of boxes um probably more than i want to but that's i think that's my strong point is figuring out different things in those boxes we don't have a whole lot of issues but um we've had a lightning strike behind a t-box we've had to search for we've lost power to almost half the back nine yeah um last year it took us almost a week to to find out where it was and to fix all those oh so um that can be stressful but otherwise we don't have issue hardly with maybe have your normal breaks or head stick on et cetera, but nothing out of the ordinary here um what size good. what size is the pump station do you know how many gallons per minute is? I, I do not know yeah. i mean this is a big property it's probably pretty big do you do you, do you have a much in, information as far as the size of the pumps in the pump station or or any of that you know i, mean, I, I don't particularly but i know yeah. uh if we do run everything it's over a million and a half yeah so i mean that's your normal 15 minutes on fairways, yeah. six minutes on greens for the summertime, but I don't have an exact number, no. Yeah. I mean, I would think that you would, you're probably got to be 1,500 to 2,000 gallons a minute just to, I mean, the pump capacity, just so you can yeah. water all this massive acreage. And, and they, do you know how many heads you got, number of heads you got? Uh, I'm not trying to put you on the no, spot. It's, I'm it's just, close to, f- yeah. I think at one point we counted, I think it's over 450. Yeah. But the good thing about this property too, there's no water restriction. We pull from Drake's Creek, yeah. which is 
right next to where you pull into the guard shack. So you, do y'all pull directly from there into the system or to a reservoir and then out of that into a, a pump uh, station? It all cycles through there. We have yeah. we have three ponds we can pull from as well. Yeah. One um, right here by the clubhouse. Sure. One on nine T's and there's one on 14, but they're all circled back to one another. And there's one on 18 as well. Hey, uh, we just – you weren't uh, at the meeting the other day, but um, – They've talked about water being the biggest issue in the in in our industry going forward is either not having enough, being yeah. charged too much, or running out. And there's probably a couple other you know indices as well. But I mean, to have water is be a blessing. So yeah, you know, I've, I've worked at the first at in Florida at TPC. It was effluent water. And there was restrictions where we pulled from. We had to log all the numbers. And yep. then at Richland, we pulled uh, city water. So there's restrictions at yep. some point on the, at that as well. So um, we're kind of fortunate here to let it fly where we want to. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good thing. Let's hope they don't crack down on you. But, you know, no, eventually, I, eventually they may. You know, yeah. I don't know. You know, they'll start. They ever come to put a meter on it say, what are you putting a meter on it for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But... So what advice would you give so uh, a, a graduate or someone trying to get in this program um, as far as where you've gotten to? And is there anything you would kind of tell them, a lo- um, something you've learned that you could pass on? Uh, what I've learned a lot is uh, always carry a notepad. Yeah. I don't care if you're writing things that need to be done or something you learned that they just – or job assignments that yeah. get done. Just write stuff down or – not even a notepad. If it's in a calendar on your desk, yeah. Just I have calendars back from 2009 that I've logged spray sprays or what we did for that day or, yeah. or what have you. So, um, not that you'll need it, but it's good reference in case something does happen. You can reference back and kind of reflect on what what you did that time to make this time better or whatnot. So, um, always write things down and keep track of what you're doing. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. Um, I constantly was a sponge for uh, absorbing information, learning. I think the misnomer is is that you you and it's almost the same in every club. I don't know if it's here, but I, so but you can tell me if I'm right that you you go to school and you learn things and you maybe take an internship. But I I spent I cut my teeth you know washing golf carts, picking range balls you know, maybe the occasional mowing, but I learned everything. And so the first time I stepped on a golf course, I didn't know anything really. Yeah. I mean, I was pulling a, uh, at the golf club of Tennessee where I did my internship. I was on a hose with a guy with a spray hawk. And, you know, I, they're not teaching you that in school. No, they're definitely and, not. And so um, what I found was is that you always are going to be learning and and there's going to be somebody at the club. There's probably more. I would be willing to bet you have some guy who's been here a long time who you really – he knows every ins and outs of a piece of equipment, where to mow, what to do. And he's – and you're like, what am I going to tell him? That that yeah. this – you know, that I, I'm just – you know, all I've got is a piece of paper that says I know what I'm doing. But I really need to learn all I can. So that's the thing is come into it humble, learn everything you can, and being in school just allows you to find the answers quicker and you can develop and you know a plan for moving forward and you just continue to work those relationships and that personality and that management style to move you past where you need to be because you can once you start in, uh, gaining the information things go quickly for you yeah i mean i'll say 
I learned some things in college, but the most I've learned is being out doing things. Um, since we, our property is so close to Western Kentucky University, we have uh, seven or eight turf students on, on staff here yeah. for the maintenance department. And their biggest thing is transitioning to the actual job world. I mean, a lot of these guys don't have experience. They, they're not, I mean, they come and do what we ask them to do, but yeah. uh, being on your own is a told their, totally different ball game. And we've got three guys that are leaving for uh, one is actually in uh, sports turf. He's going to Texas for a job and two other guys going to, to be assistants. And I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a shock for them. Yeah. They get on their own. And we, a couple of the guys are going to internships. So, I mean, I don't, nothing against that. I'm the more internships they do, the, yeah. the better it is for them. Um, that's the only thing I regret is doing more internships. Yeah. I did one and that, that was it. Yeah. But, um, it's just hard for these guys. They think they're, they're paying for school or whatever, working hard, trying to pay for it. And they, they don't think they're learning a whole lot like they should, but you really don't learn all of those things you're, you need to until you get out and actually do them. As far as, I mean, calibration is probably one of the biggest things yeah. that they, they teach you you do for maybe a lab but most of these guys don't yeah. know don't have a clue it's a whole different ball game it's, when it's you not their it's not yeah. their fault it's, it's not taught anymore yeah you know i i don't i could go down a very uh, opinionated uh, thought process about the educational system but once you get out of it and you're getting to the real world teaching you what you actually need to know is not what's being taught they're just teaching yeah. you some some stuff to get you through because that's the way the curriculum is. We're but teaching basics. I mean, you can go on YouTube and find more stuff yeah. out about, I mean, like I, I've always used the examples. Like if I want to be an engineer, why do I need to learn how to dissect a frog or do something else? I mean, there's probably some reason somebody can explain it to me, but teach me how to draw, build what the, you know, the things I need to know in order to build something successfully or the, the, the proper things and I just think that a lot of times in our profession, we, we get sort of uh, lost in all this other stuff and you don't really get to learn what you actually need to do. And then when you get on the job, you're, you're just like basically learning again. Yeah. And you've spent four years, you know, just, you know, trying to figure out, how, you know, why nitrogen does something or, you know, and you, which is helpful. Yeah. I mean, not saying it isn't, but, but there's a lot of, you know, you, it would be nice to put somebody on a spray rig and show them how to calibrate it and what's really going on. Yeah. That's one of their, uh, guys asked me if they, if I could show them how to calibrate, I was like, yeah, do you want to calibrate a spreader, a sprayer? I mean, yeah. he said, it doesn't matter. That's our final exam. Please, please help us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's basically in the textbook, but you got to show somebody yeah. how to do it. I mean, I don't learn hardly ever anything on the first time. Yeah, it's got to be repetitive. One one of my first days on my job as an intern, I think it was. It may not have been, but my my boss at the time he sent me into the uh, chemical room, and I, and he gave me like labels to read. He gave me a fertilizer bag, and he and he was like. Tell me what how much percent slow release is in this, and how what what's the active ingredient? I mean, just all this stuff, and I'm like, I mean, what? I mean, I barely touched on any of this stuff. And yeah. I mean, and you know it, and and so you learn real quickly that you know, 
grabbing that information, soaking it up, writing it down, regurgitating it, 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 it pulls in things that you learned and some little things, but it really does take some, some massive growth when you, once you get into it. I would say uh, one thing I, I didn't do, but I wish I did, was all the textbooks I had in my turf classes I would have I would have kept. Yeah. I was just thinking about dollar signs and getting some yeah, money getting back some for money those books. Back. But yeah. yeah, if I could recommend anything to anyone in college in turf program to keep your keep your books. Yeah. For reference anytime. Yeah. I I mean the day and age of the internet's probably a little bit taking a little bit of the ease off of that. You can find something yeah. pretty quickly. But yeah, I I agree, man. Reading, studying that's that's all pretty important stuff what what is it do you get to do you get to do part of of anything from a upper management side are you in part of the budgeting process do you get to um have any sort of insight into that world as far as um you know the overall operations of you guys uh the budgeting not so much but i i do get allowed or am allowed to uh work with the fungicide and chemical program sure um not to maybe an extent of most people but i i keep logs of everything that we sprayed for the last i mean every spray sheet we've almost every spray sheet we've sprayed the last three years i have and i, I logged that myself so i it doesn't change much we intertwine a few yeah. different products but i kind of know what we're gonna be spraying that time yeah um but you, for the most part budgeting not so much yeah um I'll get to, in, I guess, the big budgeting part as far as, like, staffing and such like that. But chemicals and stuff like that, I can – I'll plug numbers in from our spray program to the spreadsheet, and that's – but. So um, do you get to be part of the ordering and processes of, like, if you need something, do you do you get to do that or do you uh, – It's to a lower scale. I mean, yeah. basically irrigation stuff, we need it. Yeah. Call the rep, get it. Um not as far as fertilizer chemicals but uh, i mean I, I speak to everyone that comes yeah. every rep that comes to the door and i definitely highly recommend assistant or even an intern whoever to get to know your your sales reps yeah you never know if they're going to find your next job or not well speaking of that do you wish that do you wish that uh, do you do you ask to be more involved in that because you're I'm assuming you want to be a superintendent one day and and that's going to be a big part of the role going forward is dealing with you know the budgets dealing with paying bills dealing with labor HR issues I mean the list is long you know figuring out what you want to do that day making sure it gets done you know this member over here has got a complaint I mean it's going to be so um do you do you ask to be a part of that? Is that just something you don't get a chance to do? Is it something you wish that you would do? I, I don't I don't want to overstep anything here as far as that goes, but I'm, I'm saying that if you if you really want to be a, 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 a highly considered candidate and want those are skills you're going to want to get and be a part of and and to a lesser degree, I mean you're you're going to have to learn some of those on the next job if you do get it, but. But at the same time, I mean, I think those are valuable uh, tools that you'll need. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's my goal starting in the turf business was to be a super by 30. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm 33. That didn't happen. But um, I ask a lot. It's not 
we do talk about different things. It's not to the extent yeah. of plugging numbers and doing all this other things, but uh, I'm involved as much as I think I should be with yeah. with numbers. But we're this property and this place is unique. There's if we need something, we we purchase it. It's yeah. not there's no restraints to a certain extent. Um, we control. You can control your staffing, how many people you have working, but you can't control if you need more fertilizer, more chemicals to do something. Yeah. Something out of the ordinary happens, or equipment breaks down. You. Yeah. You purchase it and and fix it. So, um, I'm involved. I think enough to. I got a grasp on. If I take the next step, soon or whenever that I can yeah. handle that part of the, the job. Well, that'll be, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm not interviewing you for a job or anything, yeah. but it, if I were on that side of the table and I, and then that would be questions that I would, you know, f- want to f- get comfortable with you about. And I think that that's good. I think that, you know, obviously you, you're not going to be involved in everything yeah. and that's hard to do from a superintendent to relinquish that. What I, what I sort of, what I would do is I would, I would talk through the process with my assistants, talk about things um, share with them details, share them how it was put together. But I didn't, I didn't, that was mo- mainly my, my deal. We mm-hmm. sat down and talked about what we need equipment. About the only person I brought into was the equipment manager on equipment issues and things like that. And said, you know, what are we, where are we at on equipment? Where are we at on what we need? And, you know, because that's just not my area of expertise mm-hmm. in terms of making sure we have everything I, I i just want to make sure it's doing the job that i want it to do and provide so i think it's good you're going to get that exposure every little chance you get i would recommend you know saying hey just tell me about that or give me two seconds on that or you know just learning how much a jug of daconil oh, cost or definitely. you know I'm, so, i ask all the time you know so i've even got the spreadsheets on the computer i could look yeah. at if i need for myself i want to go order yeah. something to take home to put out I got how much it costs or just call yeah. them up or whatever. Because, I mean, um, part of the biggest thing that I'll say is, you know, the superintendent, the assistants, they take ownership in that fertility program because that's the thing that makes a break. We all grow grass. We can mow. We can make it look nice. We can basically, in a sense, just uh, keep the weeds down. You know, we, we kind of have all that figured out. But in order to get the grass to perform at such high levels, you got to be dialed in on your fertility program, your fungicide program, you know, your, your growth regulators and all that stuff. And just saying, you know, what do you guys spray uh, greens like every other week or every week? So usually biweekly or just depends. Um, So, but you, you'll need to know what that application costs because if you, if you go to your next position, you know, like, hey, if I'm building a budget and I'm going to spray and it's going to cost me $2,000 nap, yeah. then I need to know that my greens are going to cost me X number of dollars, you know, or whatever. And and you just kind of back into it that way. Yeah, I've, I do a lot of the, the plugging in numbers for that aspect of the budget. Sure. Um, but here's kind of a, a plug for the Greenkeeper app. I don't know if anybody uses it or. Yeah, um, speak about any, it. Anybody's heard about it, but yeah. uh, that's one of the tools as an assistant or as a superintendent to track what you're spraying. It's obvious it's based on growing degree days. So if you're guessing, Hey, I think the primo is going to run out in two days, we should probably spray again. It takes a guessing out of if you need to spray or wait a couple of days, it counts down percentages and it turns certain colors. I mean, you could plug in all your information. 
that's one of the tools that we use here at Old Stone that's probably the best resource. Um, that's how we do our spreadsheets and stuff like that. So um, if anybody's not using it, you can. Yeah. I think you can download it for free. Yep. Uh, it might cost what? Even if it costs, it's worth it. Yeah, if it costs 200 yeah. bucks a month, it's definitely worth yeah. it. So it, it so it tracks your applications. What other aspects of it does it? I don't, I don't have a need to use it necessarily, but I've heard of it, and I've heard it, a lot of guys that, that like it. But what all is what all do you find it useful for? Um, as far as the outside of maybe the spraying, it's got weather data on it. Sure, uh, it allows um, our guys if we're not available to, I guess, talk to them about what needs to be going in the tank or whatever. Yep. Um, for rates, if they run out and have to add more. Um, it's a good reference. You can go back to your past applications and let you know what you need to add or, yeah. or whatever. But, um, they've added a few more things. They keep adding more things every year, but, uh, it's just useful for us or for myself mainly. And, uh, the guys that spray to input. So that trying to figure out calculations on a piece of paper or whatever it's, it's there for you plug it in and it's, it's all there. It tells you how much in you're putting out, how much, oh, that, phosphorus, that's helpful. how much K, yep. uh, total uh, how much you should have used if you're short uh <laughs> can you put soil test uh, uh amounts in like can you i guess can you take a soil test and and if it says i need to do this can you can you put those in there to kind of get to where your levels need to be see I'm, that, not, I'm not sure you can do that yet but i'm, I'm pretty sure it's i it's bet it's works. coming yeah yep. but that's been the most useful tool yeah that's all that's good and that's good info right there because yeah, so, um, there's a lot of apps out there that are helpful, and that I've heard that's a good one. And and good, too, if you f- forget to write something down, yeah. uh, what you sprayed. Obviously, the, if the guy throws a sheet away or if you haven't written it down, you can reference back, and yep. you can go back to whenever you open the, the app to start spraying or start using it. Yep. So, Listen or, up, folks. That's good stuff. Green The Greenkeeper apps, right? Yep, Greenkeeper app, download it, and uh, get to using it if you if, – um, it's helpful. So that's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, um, how, when's the, uh, short course supposed to be open? Uh, there's not a specified date. Yep. Uh, obviously weather dependent. Uh, we've had a lot of rain. Yeah. Um, the goal was to be summer, but it doesn't appear to be yeah. summer. It's probably gonna be more like the fall. Um, I don't have an exact date, so I can't, can't say, but, yeah. um, everybody's in just, wasn't everybody wants it open yeah everybody wants it open they want it open uh for member guests um realistically that wasn't going to happen but uh wishful thinking everybody's excited about it so yeah um well i was taken back we looked at the 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 putting green up there tell everybody how big that is uh putting green estimated is over 24 thousand square feet yeah 24,000 square feet. Now they're going to, you said they were going to put 18 putting flags on there to have like a putting course. Yes. That's, that was the ultimate, uh, I guess, vision. Yeah. Originally the, the green was going to be around 25. Um, I'm not sure just talking and yeah. doing this and that it's kind of shrunk a little bit, but still it's, I mean, you saw it firsthand. It's got yeah. a lot of undulations. Um, I don't envy anybody walk mowing that. Green. Yeah. We'll have to rock, paper, scissors maybe to who's going to walk mow that first time. Hey, you know what would be good, though, is if you're just trying to lose a little weight, just get that mower up there and jump up. <laughs> That's what yeah, I do. It's, it'll take some, like, yeah. at least, I'd say 45 minutes. Oh, easy. 
Easy. Easy. I mean, that's probably our, our fastest. What, what mower. do you got? A tw- what? What do y'all got? Eighteen inch mowers or twenty two? What are they? I think they're eight, eighteen inch. Yeah. We have John Deere equipment, so. Um. Yeah, you probably have that. Well, man, I'm a little bit out of the loop, but I think you probably do have eighteen inch mowers. That's the smaller the heads. The two twenties. With yeah, yeah. Well, those will be twenty two inch. Yeah, the two twenties. Yeah. Yeah. The twenty two. Yeah. Those we, are, have that's a, we have eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. People go to the eighteens for less scalping, and you know, um, if you got a bunch of undulation. I was thinking the eighteens because we use those at a different course, but yeah, two twenty Cs. Man, no ride mowing, huh? How many square footage of greens do you got? Do you have that, any idea? Well, you just added. <laughs> you yeah, just added. Uh, a, I think there's. I want to say it's close to three, but there's like four greens that are almost two acres total. Jeez, that's a lot. I yeah. mean, you only got to see the putting green yeah. and eight nine from a distance. Um, they're pretty big. Yeah. Do y'all ride? Do you ride spray or yes. do you spray hawk? We yeah. ride spray. Yeah. What, what well, do you we, have? The Toro. Yes. Uh, the was it the fifty eight hundred? Uh, no, or do you got a smaller one? It's a smaller one. The seventeen fifty or something. Yep, we yeah. have two seventeen fifties. We I think we're looking at getting a, a bigger version. Yeah, maybe when the lease runs out. But yeah. Um, so do y'all pre- predominantly what? Talk a little bit about your equipment. Do you predominantly John Deere, uh, Toro, or do you have a mixture of all that? We have a we have a mixture. Yeah. Um, we have workmen. Toro Workman's yep. that the guys use, and then we all of our most of our equipment's uh, John Deere. We do have a few Jakes here and there, uh, keeping everybody happy. Yeah, we've got to make sure, but um, <laughs> everybody has a preference. I yeah. don't. I mean, I think they're all good, good equipment. So yeah. it's all the same at some point. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that in my personal opinion, they all do things really good, and then yeah. you know, so it's it's hard to say sometimes that I want everything from one manufacturer because I like bits and pieces oh, from each one of them. And depending on what you're managing and maintaining, you know, it's just part of it. It becomes a financial and economical decision when, you, when you're looking at a big package where you might have to say, okay, I've got to sacrifice a piece of equipment that I do like, but it's gonna, I'm going to be less money to go with the you know, all Toro or John Deere or and, Jacobson. And for this property, I guess – the terrain and hilly doesn't look hilly. I guess pulling in the property, but if you oh, it looks hilly. Because <laughs> uh, some some pieces of equipment won't pull yeah. up hills, and that's why we can have a, a mixture of of everything yeah. just to satisfy all needs. Yeah. So you, have you had any sort of look sees? Have you have you had any opportunities that have kind of come up as far as uh, maybe taking a look at a different? position or or sticking your name out there um I'm, i mean i'm always looking but yeah. if you're not looking you're you're behind everybody yeah, else I, but yeah. um right now i'm happy where i'm at political answer yeah i'm yeah. i'm definitely happy where i'm at yeah it's, it's a I'm, great place man yeah i've been taken yeah. care of here yeah. and no complaints uh like i said my goal was to be a super by 30 i mean life changes yeah. things happen um my goal is to be a superintendent, but that could be 10 years from now. I mean, yeah. you never know, but I mean, the way the industry is moving, there are a lot of job openings that say superintendent, but the pay's not, the, the course and the pay are not what I vision as being a superintendent. Sure. Um, I mean, there's numerous positions that are posted. Yeah. I know they have to post them. It's nothing against the post, but yeah. 
some of them are making less than what I'm making. I'm not. That's a lot, bad move on my part if I take that position. Well, I, here's here's a little bit of advice for you on that regard. Um, I, I definitely think that that's important. I definitely think that that um, looking at a job specifically uh, based on money may be may fool you a little bit because getting your first job is probably you just want to make sure that you make it the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, when I when I left the golf club of Tennessee, this is a true story. When I left the golf club of Tennessee, uh, I was um, I was basically this my title. And again, I'm not going to get caught up in the titles, but my title was the course superintendent. But I was actually the first assistant. We just had a director. Mm-hmm. I worked under him, but I was in charge of a lot of the day to days. So when I interviewed and I and I. Uh, I went to, I had a couple of different interviews, but when Brentwood came available and it got down to, they made me an offer, they offered me what I was already basically making. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I, they didn't know that. They, they, they were actually shocked that I had told them, I said, look, it's not about the money. It's just that I, this is a lateral move from a financial yeah. standpoint, but it's about the position. And I asked them to sweeten the deal and just a little bit. And, and they did. And then ultimately it worked. So but it turned out to be a really good position and it grew into a better financial situation for me. And, you know, and it, and you know, it didn't end the way I wanted to, but so be it, that happens. But, um, what I'll say is look for the right fit for you job wise, Mm -hmm. because what everybody's going to try to do is you're either going to follow a guy who's left and it was making a lot of money and they're going to try to save money because unfortunately, I just feel like our positions are still not valued where they should be. Right. My opinion, now it's a biased opinion, is the superintendent and his staff that what well, the superintendent is the is the most valued club employee. Absolutely. He he manages and maintains the most valuable asset. If the golf course is not good, nobody's going to join. No, yeah. you know, when's the last For time sure. you you joined because or came to a place cuz they, you know, had a had a great salad or whatever. No yeah. offense to the clubhouse. A oh, beautiful yeah. clubhouse. You have to have all that stuff. Yeah, I get it. But it but it's not what draws people in, especially if you have a golf course. And so I would say to you, you know, look at those opportunities that come around as a being a good fit. Either location, yeah. type of facility, something that can be a stepping stone to you and 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 go for it and not get caught up so much in the money. Don't take a huge pay cut yeah. or even a pay cut. You're valued more than that. And and I think you should you, you're right in, in expressing that. But um I I would I'm a I'm a perfect example of someone who basically took a financial lateral move just to get into a, a situation that I'd worked so hard for. Yeah. And it didn't happen in the time frame that I wanted it to either. I thought I was going to be at the golf club for 5 years, turned out to be almost 8. You know, I had several different opportunities that came up, just didn't get, didn't happen. Timing wasn't right. So um, don't get discouraged about that. But at the same time, you know, keep sticking your hat in the ring and and, and it'll happen. It'll be the right, it'll be the right fit. And, and, uh, you know, the problem is this, this business doesn't, you're just not going to make a bazillion dollars and, yeah. and the, there's not, they're not building a bunch of new clubs. You're, you're going to be they're in a situation. more than they're yeah, opening. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's the truth. And, you know, and, and I, I don't want to get on my soapbox too much about it, but I, I, I'm encouraging you to, to keep after that and, and not get discouraged, but find the right fit as opposed to, and then let the money, the benefits and all that yeah, be, be something, you know, I mean, there's plenty of job opportunities out, out there. Just, yeah, I've, I just feel like, there's more for me to learn 
here, then, I mean, I've tried to learn everything I can. Sure. There's more that we do. And because this is the only second course I've worked, it's cool season grass. Yeah. I feel like I, I mean, I could go back to warm season at some point as far as like greens and stuff, but that was internship and that was one of my first jobs. Yeah. So um, I'm always looking for the right fit. It's yeah. just, I just feel like, and I understand that they have to post them, but a lot of times those jobs that are real enticing, they already have the assistant or whomever yeah. is already taking that position. But uh, you just got to keep, keep looking and keep applying. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another thing too um, is getting your, getting your resume, trying to get to the right people because it's a very flooded market. I mean, uh, the big jobs, the high-end jobs are going to be like a guy retires, he's going to recommend a guy down the street, or they already got somebody that's ready to pull in. Those are hard to even get. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've spent I, – I, I was – since 2014 to now, I've been out of the golf business in a lot of ways. I still do some consulting and helping other golf courses, but – um, I still am a class A. I still, and, and I, I probably applied for the jobs that I felt like that I was qualified for yeah. probably 20 different ones. And for whatever reason, you, you either don't get an interview. I, I probably interviewed for maybe two out of 20 and hardly got, even a, got a phone call back yeah, or email. And, anything. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and I didn't chalk it up to my, I was, I mean, my resume is solid. Yeah. I got a lot of good stuff on there over 20 years of experience and a lot of different things and over a lot of different varieties of grasses. So I, what I chalked it up to was I'm just I don't know anybody. I don't know yeah. the people in that particular area, or I don't I don't I can't talk to the right people, and that that's a huge benefit. You need people to stand up for you, push your name to the front, because if not, they're they're either gonna they're either got somebody else in mind, and they're just you know yeah that process is very difficult, and you know I even saw it when when. You know, in in pretty much every case, it's like these they either got somebody in mind or they go through a very quick process mm-hmm. of getting a couple of guys that are really close to the vest, and then they roll with it. And it's you, it's posted because they have to. And yeah, it's it's you over. Hear nothing, yeah, nothing back. So but. I mean, I think it's good content for guys that are going through your. Uh, I mean, I really good information as far as people listening to this about how there's. They're you know wanting that next position to you know just happen automatically to not get frustrated to not get so tied into their current situation that they want to you know yeah. you just got to look for the right fit but you also got to you got to if you want it you got to go after it and you got to make people want know that you want to go after it you know and and know that you want it and I've always asked uh, like there's always postings superintendent five years experience how do you as an assistant you just ignore that and apply anyways or you just i mean yeah. it's, i've I mean, asked that several times and i've always been told don't let that bring you down for applying yeah there's always i guess there's different options you choose from when you post that but apply anyways i mean there's that chance that someone sees your resume and pulls it out of the stack it's a, it's a filtering mechanism more, more so than anything it doesn't mean that that's going to not get you the job yeah. i mean uh i got I, I didn't have i had zero ultra dwarf experience at when i went to brentwood i, I didn't really okay but I, I was a bent grass guy that's all i'd ever done but they asked me the question they said we have ultra dwarf How, what makes you you know i was like who you got i mean who are you going to get around here i wasn't really 
condescending of it. I was like, yeah. but I'm, 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 I've got the qualification. I know how to grow grass, but you're the only course around that's got ultra dwarf. Unless you go to Florida, pull mm-hmm. somebody out of, you know, Georgia, North, South Georgia. So it was, it was in a time where I could, I could sort of deflect my abilities, or I could, I could tell them my abilities mm-hmm. and assure them of how well I could do to make, you know, and I, it helped that I was a three handicap, played golf, and, yeah. and I kind of understood. But I had I had a lot of on-the-job training. I spent a lot of time in the first two or three years just understanding how that grass grows, what I was supposed to do, talking to people, and being one of the first ones, that that was helpful. I don't know today if that would work. You mm-hmm. better, if you're going to Bermuda, uh, you know, a Bermuda yeah. grass course, having any experience is better. You, you're probably not going to get talked to. If you don't, I mean, I'm, I I say that, but but not having so I feel that way too. Yeah, but yeah. not having superintendent experience for five years is probably just a filtering mechanism. I mean, yeah. I I've applied. I mean, they they put on there you have to be certified. I mean, yeah, not there's not a well. lot of people getting certified, you know, yeah. and, and and that's a long process. Not everybody can do that, mm-hmm. and so I never let that discourage me. Um, and you just can't get discouraged in this business. Yeah. You just got to keep fighting for what you want. And if you find a, a job that, you know, flood the market with your resume of places you want, because they do come up, you know, they do, mm-hmm. they're available and they're out there. It's just a matter of, you know, getting your name out there and then having pushed, finding out who the, the, you know, the, you know, finding some information to talk to the right people, to get them. And hopefully this help, this podcast may help yeah. you. We push it out to a bunch of people and, you know, and, and you're the first assistant that we've had, or that I've had on here. I keep saying we all the time, but, um, <laughs> but you know, and, and, and it's good because I wanted to get that, that, uh, information out because I think this is a, this is an area of our business that's kind of talked about, but not really. I mean, you guys, uh, I, I mean, we're, we're getting down to running out of time, but I mean, the assistants are the guys that are going to be the next wave of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and so you guys got to, you're you're finally getting opportunities to get involved in in educational seminars, getting your own sort of um, own sort of knit group of yeah. people together, and that that should have happened a long time ago. And being involved and having a say in certain things and and different aspects of our industry, you know, is huge. And I appreciate you sitting down and and just offering that information because it it's going to open everybody's eyes up to yeah. what you guys go through and and what you're struggling with. And but it's you know. it's good for. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people, I mean, in this area. I mean, I know three or four assistants here, but most of the people I've worked with are Middle Tennessee. So yeah. um, just trying to open up, give my insight of what I do. Yeah. Um, most people don't know what we do Yeah. and don't even know who the assistants are in most, most places. Sure. Well, and, and that's not... That's not uncommon. Yeah, I mean, for sure. th- there's, you know, you go to a meeting or you go there and it's mostly superintendents mm-hmm. and their assistants are back, you know, doing their thing. And, you know, and you, you feel if you feel comfortable with your uh, comfortable with your uh, assistant, you know, things will be fine. But yeah. he's missing out on an oppor- or he or she. I don't want to leave out the. Females, yeah, for but, sure. There's a lot but, of- um, but I mean, you're missing out on an, uh, a networking educational opportunity. And that's be you know kind of one of my final things you know we can talk about is like do you get to do a lot of the educational stuff you go to the national seminars do you get to do you know some of that because that's always a good opportunity to meet people and learn and see new things do you get to do some of that yeah we do or I do um, I don't get to go every year to the uh, I didn't get to go to San Diego 
San Diego this past year. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't get to go every time, but yeah. when I when I do, I take it the advantage of it for sure. sure. Um, we go to two or three of the local, uh, whether it be Harold's or uh, ATS or whomever's hosting a seminar. We go to go to those, but I mean a lot of. Do you get down to the? Are, are you? Are you so we're in Bowling Green? Is that what are you in terms of the associations you're associated with? Are you Middle Tennessee? Do you do some Kentucky? What do you are you in any? I know you're in GCSA, right? Yes. So what are, what are some of the local chapters that you're involved? Uh, there's in? well, mostly local is uh, Tennessee Turfgrass Association. Okay. Um, there are a couple in Kentucky, mm-hmm. but a lot of their I guess events are further away f- sure. for us, but we mostly attend uh, Middle Tennessee yeah. for the most part. Okay. Do TTA, and then if we can, if I can get away f- for one of the, uh, I guess weekday seminars, I yeah. can. But yeah. uh, most of the time, it's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do for sure. Yeah. We always go to TTA though, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Well, what else you got for me? You got any questions you want to ask me? I, you know, I talk more on this podcast, but I feel like I was trying to help a little oh, bit because yeah, sure. I've been there, I've done that, and I and I've and I've got a lot of experience, and and this was something that was important for me to do to give back, and I and I wanted to sort of get my thoughts out there. I hope I didn't overstep and talk too much, but no, it, definitely not because it it's, it's not it's about me. me. It's a, it's about getting people getting to know you and what it's you do here at Old Stone. I guess podcast too. I mean, I'm an assistant. Yeah, I mean. It's it's hard for me. I mean, I'm glad we got this set up. It was what took us almost a month to get it figured yeah. out, but uh I'm I'm busy. Yeah. We're all busy. We're all busy. I yeah. mean I, I'm I I don't get paid to do this. Uh at some point maybe down the road this will grow into something bigger than I've ever even dreamed, but it's something I started because I felt led to do it. Um I wanted to get our industry a voice. Usually we don't Usually we're not talked about unless something bad happens mm-hmm. on TV. And, I'm, you know, golf has given me an opportunity to talk to golf guys but and, and being a former superintendent. But, you know, there's a lot in the green industry, you know, landscape, turf, sports turf. All those guys are important, and I want to give – you know, I want to bring that information to them. But this has been something that has been progressing nicely in a way that I feel like – you know, having you on an assistant to get that content in there, get that information out was huge. And I mean, I can't say enough about how I think this is going to um, share real well with those guys. And hopefully, I mean, um, I know you're on Twitter and some other things like mm-hmm. that, but we we got to get the message out to the, these guys that you know to say, hey, listen to it. I had fun. You know, encourage you, especially if you're in Tennessee, to yeah, to come sure. on and talk to me because, you know. I, it's really about getting your message out, getting your exposure, and just another avenue or way for people to know you and get to see what you're all about. And you know, uh, none of this is you know none of this is really all that you know, difficult. It's fun. Mm-hmm. We sit down, and have a conversation, and and here we are an hour later, and we're like, man, you know, we got a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, so. uh, time flew. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, before it, before I let you get out of here. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you like to do kind of when you're not working off the course. We can talk a little Bama football if you want. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, that'll probably end a lot of the subscriptions <laughs> if we do that, though. So, uh, yeah, I'm big, I'm big, uh, big into Alabama sports. Yeah. Uh, I'd stick to Alabama, everything. Doesn't matter basketball, yeah. baseball, softball. Uh, 
Well, now, now, how how did you become a Bama fan? So I was uh, born in Mobile. I lived in Grove Hill, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, most people have no idea where that is, but uh, it's, I don't. I was born in Birmingham, but I only yeah, lived it's, there it's, short. It's way south Birmingham. Yeah. It's almost to. Uh, it's an hour north of Mobile. Yeah. Uh, born and raised there, and it was just like you know, it's it's either Alabama or Auburn. Uh, half my. It's crazy. Half my people are like, Alabama. "Why are you a Bama fan?" I'm like, "I was born there. I, I don't know. All yeah. I know is that I mean, so you may or may not know this, and this is a story I tell. It's hilarious, but most people know me as BJ. Mm-hmm. My first name is Bryant. I was born in Birmingham in the late in the early seventies. My mom says that I I was not born or named after Paul Bear Bryant, but that's my story. Yeah, is good. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so. I, I I laugh and I tell people I'm like it's just a it's just in my blood I don't know from I can't tell you from any age that I didn't pull for Alabama athletics yep. mainly football and basketball some you know I grew up a Michael Jordan fan so yeah. I kind of gravitated away from but football man I'm diehard and people are like well, where did you get that from so that's my story yeah I mean that's basically yeah uh, I have two brothers. One is Alabama. Yeah. The other one is Florida State. Uh, we lived in Florida for yeah. three or four years. Uh, it, was, it was his dream, I guess, to go to Florida State to get yeah. his master's. He did that. And we have one outcast Florida State fan yeah. in the family. But the rest of them are Alabama or Auburn. I feel sorry for those Auburn boys. Yeah, well, I've turned <laughs> off a lot of games at uh, Thanksgiving, Yeah, for sure. Um, my sister-in-law is Auburn. And we were at my brother's house for the, was it the, uh, when they returned it back for one second? Oh, yeah. Made me sick. She was giddy. I took the remote, turned it off. Yeah. I was like, can't handle that. No. I, uh, we had, we have to, we can't, we have to be humble because we've got, we've been on a pretty good ride with Saban. Oh, yeah. And And, and, I remember the, Oh. Mike Shula, Mike DeBose. Miserable. Uh, we've been there, done that. Yeah. And that's what Tennessee fans don't. I mean, we've, we've been there. Yeah. I, I got a lot of Tennessee, a lot of friends that are Tennessee fans. Yeah. Well, my whole family is, uh, well, I say my whole family, my brother, my dad. You know, I have to I have to hear them whining and complaining about it. But, you know, it is what it is. But I, mean, you get I got a bunch of buddies that are, you. I don't, so I don't want to make them mad. And they, they really hate that I'm an Alabama fan. But, I mean, it is, hey. I'm sorry, man. You got You went and got Alabama coach. Now do something about it. Yeah, <laughs> I think they'll be. I mean, Tennessee will be back, but well, Alabama fans will ride the tail of Saban as long as we can. As long as long as he wants to do it, you know. I mean, it's it's there for the taking. But yeah, I don't get to go to many games anymore yeah. with kids, but I watch it as much as I can. Yeah. But um, other than watching football, hanging out with family, I like to. Go hang out with the guys at the cigar shop in town. So sweet. That's you get together with a bunch of the assistants uh, that you know. Or, I mean, do you get to do some things with them from time to time, as far as just hanging out, or is that kind of difficult being out here and like an outcast? Yeah, out here. But I, I mean, I do live. I still live in White House. Oh, that's not too bad, Tennessee. So I do commute. Yeah. Uh, like forty miles to work, but a lot of the guys that I know. Actually, I don't know a lot of guys in my area. Yeah. Most of the guys I know are Nashville, Franklin. Yeah. So it's it's hard to like when I'm off on weekend they're working. Yeah. Or they're off I'm working. So it doesn't usually work out. Yeah. We used to go to a couple events a year with each other, but yeah. Now that I've kind of I'm the I am the outcast. I live furthest away. I work the furthest away. 
we don't get together as much, but we still talk usually on a weekly basis. So yeah. Well, good. Well, man, thanks for thanks for sitting down. Um, I think we're going to try to make a lunch here, but thanks for sitting down. I appreciate it. It's good to get to know you. I wish you the best of luck. Um, and, and, and if I can help in any way, just let me know. I, you know, I hope this, you know, somebody may hear this and just get a little, little bit more uh, about you. Um, know, know a little bit more about you, your story and where you're headed. And, and, uh, you've got a great place here. It looks fantastic. So kudos to you and Wyatt and thanks to, to uh, for him allowing you to yeah. have a little time with me. So, um, you know, Tell all your buddies about it. Where can they find you on all the you, – you're on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I got Instagram. I don't really yeah. do much there. Uh, you can look at me on my Twitter. I, I follow a lot of guys in the area. Yep. Um, just because I follow you doesn't really mean I know you. Yeah. But I Same. try to follow – yeah, try to follow at least guys in turf. Yeah. Um, Ahines0530 is the Twitter handle. Yeah. And you can follow uh, – we have an Old Stone uh, – Instagram as well, um, and Twitter, and we actually have a. What's the Old Stone one? You know the handle. Uh, it's we can at, look at it. It's at Old Stone, yeah. and we do have uh, one we just started. We have updates on the 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 sinkhole is what we call the yeah new part three course. So it's at the underscore sink underscore hole. I think is the the handle for that. Cool. But if you just search it, you'll you'll find it. Yep. Well, awesome, Austin. I appreciate it. Go, y'all, y'all go follow him on Twitter, um, Facebook, all that. You may get flooded with a little bit of that, but uh, it's it's been a pleasure to t- sit down and talk to you. Thanks again for doing that, and for guys um, that uh, you're listening. Thanks for listening. Um, again, I ask that you do one favor for me: is to share this. Uh, go follow us, follow, um, subscribe. All the the uh, uh, podcast platforms were available. We're again, like I said, we're growing. I, it's, I appreciate all the love, the support, everything has been great. And, um, just hope we're bringing uh, good content to you guys. And we're trying to, uh, develop something into something special here in the, for the green industry. And, uh, until next time, man, this is making the turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>